Hello and welcome to Movie Buffs Quick Pump, a mini show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. And today I'm talking about the 1989 film Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, and of course, Sam Elliott. If you haven't seen it, it's about a tough bouncer who's hired to tame a dirty bar. And that's really as simple (laughs) as this ends up being, which is part of what I love about this movie. I I love this movie. Bars seem like they must have been legit dangerous in the 70s and 80s because there are just so many movies about bar fights or with bar fights, and this movie has so many bar fights. That is the point of this story, and I'm absolutely okay with it. This bar is crazy with people pulling knives and boob kisses, all kinds of wet t-shirt contests, minus the t-shirts, and literal strip teases, unprompted. Just so many amazing things happening in this story and in this movie, and I'm just so grateful we're captured on film. Something I did not see coming was that the term cooler is really a legitimate term for something different than a bouncer, and not as I originally thought, uh, just a cooler name for a bouncer, (laughs) which of course is what I was hoping it would be so I could make fun of it, but ultimately it's its own profession and I, I need to show it some respect. To talk about the character of Dalton and how great he is, you know, of course, played by Patrick Swayze, a character that so aggressively has no last name. It's amazing, considering that his friend, who is a much smaller part in the story, Wade Garrett, is Wade Garrett, and that's all there is to it. He's such an interesting character, and Swayze plays him in such an interesting way, staying so cool even when he's getting slashed and giving his car away to dudes on the street because he really keeps his secret Mercedes hidden, knowing that everybody's going to fuck his shit up at the bar, so he might as well have, you know, two cars to just stay safe. You gotta love how smart the guy is, and after all, he supposedly has a philosophy degree from NYU. So just so many amazing things happening with his character and his ability to harness, you know, the power of being Pat Swayze and bringing it to this character is something else, and it's just so great to revisit. Another funny thing about Dalton and how much of an enigma this guy really is, is, you know, he makes so many funny comments thinking flying is dangerous and nobody ever wins a fight, and yet he's out here winning fights one after another. It's interesting that Patrick Swayze just gets this allure for playing a guy that is able to tame this kind of stuff and is just as rough. Brad Wesley, played by Ben Gazzara, who is so good, like really nails the psychopath thing, just super duper intense and scary for sure. (laughs) And he really does have some good lines, you know, like, you'll be okay because I like you. During that scene when he's beating the shit out of his guy, I love that he's also the kind of maniacal psychopath that like trolls his neighbors in a helicopter and just like drives all over the road because he doesn't care if he dies or kills anyone. He really is something fun, and it it seems like Ben Gazzara really did a good job of playing around with that character and in that character, and their final confrontation's amazing. The squibs that this guy got to wear, next level. He got the fantastical death he had earned in that fantastical character he had played. Also, of course, we got Don Kelly Lynch, just like super 80s hot, super tall blonde lady with like the most perfect Barbie-esque body. I first came to know her in the 90s and like 
think she's in Mr. Magoo or something like that. She's like the bad guy in some children's movie. And so I never would have known that she was the sexy lady in this amazing Patrick Swayze action film. But here she is playing a doctor in a small town, having dated Wesley historically or him having liked her, which is kind of creepy. But, you know, all bets are off in this creepy little town. So it's all good. And I guess it is funny that that she's sort of like the main woman because the other gal that's in this film, another gal I recognize mostly from having watched movies in the 80s, Kathleen Will. That one's a little harder for me to guess whether or not I'm going to say it. I'm saying it right. But she's also there. It feels like she maybe had some more scenes and we didn't get to see more from her. But she's in some 80s stuff and seems to be like a cute girl next door type. So they kind of had two kinds of gals who were quote unquote on the good side. But I did feel (laughs) pretty bad for the woman who was dating Brad Wesley because he just is like loaning her out. This movie has got some undercover misogyny that I I wish wasn't there. But, you know, it's a different time, and I appreciate that these bars were some rough-ass places. So, you know, you got to build that world out, and I'll take it. Lastly, got to talk about the character of Wade Garrett, played by Sam Elliott, just being classic Sam Elliott, the kind of Sam Elliott we always know and love being such a random smooth talker like him trying to be a hot guy in this is so random to me because he also seems like an older dude already like I can't believe how much older he seems already because he's so young this is like so long ago and he like looks exactly the same to me (laughs) which maybe that's a good thing because it means he stopped aging back then but either way he is he's smooth in a silly way playing this character being so cool And, you know, trying to steal Doc from Dalton, like teasing and, you know, making comments about how she's got such a good butt. Like, how can her brain be also so big? So it's like some classic bro style bromance going on between these two. And he sort of serves as Dalton's mentor in a way, having, you know, scouted him and knows knows what's up. Just the original badass, if you will, and something to serve the purpose of Brad Wesley killing him so that it's okay for Dalton to turn legit homicidal and kick off, you know, the final big hurrah, which does work out. It is a great sequence in the end there. <laughs> Moving into the filmmaking pieces, there's some great writing in here. This film is written by two people and one of them is a lady, Hilary Henkin. I'm pretty sure is how you say her name. That's what I'm going to go with. She also wrote this movie called Wag the Dog, which isn't like the best movie ever, but it's a movie I liked a lot growing up. And the other guy, R. Lance Hill, I'm not too familiar with his other work, but it's very interesting that this film is written by two people, number one, because there is a lot of duality in this story just in terms of what's going on with Dalton trying to figure out who he is and who he's going to be when his one great skill ends up being fighting. My fingers are crossed that it was R. Lance Hill who did the romantic piece and Hilary Hankin who came up with all the big moves. In terms of directing, we got Rowdy Harrington, which like, how do you have that name? That's amazing. I mean, it's maybe a stage name. It's very possible it's a stage name. But either way, it's brave to be on the scene with that name. I don't recognize a lot of his other work. I am not soups familiar with it, but it looks like he did get to work with big actors. He's got a Bruce Willis movie. He's got James Spader, who was huge back in the day, and they did work together. Not quite in his heyday, but they have worked together. So this movie just has everything very straightforward. This is a Rowdy film, and a man named Rowdy directed it. So thank you for your hard work. 
some of the sequences here and some of the, the shots and the stunts. It's just crazy how much this movie does, how, how long this movie is and how much it fits in it. A lot of really great fight scenes filmed in really interesting ways. Some really amazing practical stuff like blowing up Red's auto parts store. It feels like the explosion is like three rounds and it looks pretty gnarly. So it's amazing that they did that. The uh, big monster truck going through the Ford dealership, which is fucking crazy because it's definitely real. It looks so cool. A little bit of info about that and the special features. Also, that big fight where he takes on Brad Wesley's main henchman, which to me, I always mistake to be the end of the movie. I always think it's going to end with her nursing him back and them falling in love. And then I remember, that's right, the whole Brad Wesley thing is still here, owning the town. But that big finish by the lake there is such a cool fight scene. And they're moving all up and down the, the water line and saying the most memorable line of this film, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, which like, It's so good. I'm so glad that is immortalized on film and it gets to exist and is also a joke on Parks and Rec that I love being reminded of. So I think there's just all different kinds of filmmaking to be utilized in telling this story. And they found a way to capture all of it. When he's coming into Brad Wesley's compound at the end of the movie and he bursts through, I guess, like the stone fence or whatever, the car jumps it and then blows up in midair. Just amazing. So many things they tried in this movie and I'm very grateful for all of them. To move into kind of specifically the stunts and how the filmmaking captured that stuff, I have to say this movie finds a way to make Patrick Swayze's hilarious dance-like movement in literally everything he does feel kind of badass. His roundhouse kick is the most beautiful and deadly pirouette you have ever seen, and it makes me both laugh and feel amazed every time I see it. You know, he's like leaping from the barn and graceful as hell, but also punching dudes and kneeing dudes and breaking people's legs, you know, like straight dislocating knees left and right. It's just amazing that this film is able to continue the very fun narrative Patrick Swayze has of being both an amazing dancer and soft, tender lover and a rough, ruffian, badass dude. Stellar, stellar stuff and really the kinds of stunts I love the most because every sequence involves some kind of stunt when every sequence involves this story always being ramped up via the action. There are a lot of kills randomly, you know, in the third act of this movie when he shows up to exact revenge on Brad Wesley after ripping the throat out of that dude that he fights on the lakeside, Wesley's number one henchman, and of course, I think ultimately going to be my favorite kill. I love it so, so much. And it is also pretty gnarly that after he completes this kill, he drags the dude out into the water and is like, come and get me. Like he's legit using the dude's dead body to be like, Wesley, it's on. And I I love that. (laughs) I think that's a fun little piece of character that they're playing with here that that does get at the heart of also what I think makes Patrick Swayze so special is that he can capture these two things. You like do believe in the tender heart underneath whatever rough bullshit he's doing because he somehow is able to call it up for us. And so that scene is particularly a fun piece of acting where both the tender and the badass start to merge for that third act. Because that big ending of taking out all of Brad Wesley's guys is so good. You know, knives, throwing knives at dudes, like stabbing dudes and starting to use catchphrases. 
all of a sudden in the third act of this movie, he's got a catchphrase for every hunchman he starts to kill, <laughs> which is very good. And I think ultimately the craziest kill of this movie is the town straight up coming out to kill Brad Wesley. Finally band together. They first tried to do it after Reds got blown up and before the car dealership got completely ruined. And this time it's like, we're gonna have to kill this guy. We can't even just stand up to him. And then they're all like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing, the, the stunts, kills, and the filmmaking pieces of this stuff. All right, I'm almost out of here. I just want to share a couple funny things I got from this trivia. Swayze's out here, you know, doing these stunts all by himself, looking amazing, but the fool really has a knee injury. And what sucks is it seems like it was pretty bad because he had to turn down a couple of roles. He was supposed to be in Tango and Cash and Predator 2, but he couldn't do them because of his knee, which ultimately leaves space for Ghost. And I'm into that because, of course, Ghost is one of the best. Whoopi Goldberg gets her Oscar. Let's go finding out about that is always interesting just because he still looked so fucking graceful. So it sucks that he was in pain, but I'm grateful that he lent such an amazing performance even, even through the pain. Like I mentioned earlier, the monster truck thing through the dealership, which they did in one take, cost $500,000 in 1989, which is kind of crazy. All those cars, like no wonder it was so expensive, but it's a really cool stunt. And again, very grateful that all those cars lent their glass and metal to such a great stunt. In the casting, supposedly Annette Benning was maybe going to play Doc, which would have been really, really interesting because I have seen some 80s Annette Benning, and she is definitely a fox back in the day, so I would have been interested to see her meet Swayze in some sort of sexy middle, and I'm not sure if if they had the chemistry or not, because I know Kelly Lynch is out here like, guys, it's not because I was under contract. They didn't have good chemistry. That's neither here nor there, just a little hearsay, if you will. But it is interesting when those differences in casting happen, because it's like, what a different movie that would have been. Damn. This is the best one. So the song that's playing over the love scene in this movie is the exact same song that plays over the love scene in Dirty Dancing. This movie was really trying so hard to bill itself as like, what if the guy from Dirty Dancing was also badass? You know, it even wanted to have a tagline of like, the dancing is over, now it gets dirty. And Swayze's over here literally only, only down to fuck if he's listening to These Arms of Mine by Otis Redding. You know, literally dancing Kelly Lynch into bed, first to the wall for a little rub rub up against there, but then like straight up dancing her into bed. And it it's so funny because in some ways it does feel like this film and Dirty Dancing could truly be paired together. Hopefully someday I get to show a double feature and I'll place these films together for fun just to see what people would do about it. All right. I think that wraps it up for me. Thank you again for listening to Movie Buffs, Quick Pump, and breaking down Patrick Swayze's 1989 classic Roadhouse. Follow the show on Instagram at Action Movie Buffs and follow me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you next time on Movie Buffs Quick Pump. Stay buff. Mm-hmm.